is our first day. This is day one. And we really want to do a, a, a focus concentration on harvest. And um, we wanted to talk about evangelism and um, outreach. So this was going to be our focus for the 40 days. Um, we had talked about uh, the idea of harvest reapers. Harvest reapers. And so there is a lost and a dying world out there. And so I want to read a passage of scripture. And uh, just to kind of just get people on the same page, we'll be talking about this over the next several weeks. But um, um, here we go. You guys have, may have heard of this verse before, but we'll read it. And, uh, or this passage. And it's found, if I can do this here. Let's read Matthew chapter 9, starting at verse 35. And um, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, I'll give him a chance to pull that up. So, um, do you remember, if you guys were here uh, in our church a number of years ago, we had a guy come through, and we did a big outreach. And uh, he's pulled that up to be continued. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Brother McAtee, would you ask the Lord's blessing today? Amen. You may be seated. So, um, during that time, we had Brother French that came over to our church, and he introduced us to this um, program, and um, it was a church growth program. And we had a big chart, I don't know if people remember this, this big chart, and everyone was encouraged to do, I, I just, I don't know, I don't remember much about it, I just remember CCCs. And I remember I was encouraged to do five a day. And I just remember in my mind, I'm trying to like constant contact consciousness. And I was trying to reach out to five people every single day. And every single Sunday, we wrote down, did you do, how many CCs did you do this week? How many, Nathaniel, how many CCCs? Two? All right, two for Nathaniel. And we go around, and there was a number that we were trying to hit as a church. And so I just remember, you know, trying to hit, make, you know, these constant contact and, you know, making, writing names in my book, you know, and trying to reach out to people, phone numbers and phone calls. And so uh, we tried to do that every day. And over the years, I have uh, taught Bible studies. I have invited a lot of people to church over the years. Anyone else? And guess what? Not, it, not everyone came. And I've taught Bible studies 
to people that aren't in church, you know? Uh, I went through a whole 12-week thing with my neighbor right up here when we lived off of Smith Flat, Road, Smith Flat Cemetery Road and taught a whole 12 lesson and, you know, he's not here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, um, so I tried. I tried reaching out to people. I tried teaching Bible studies. And so I thought about this, uh, this thing that we're doing for outreach Jesus, it says, went about um, all the cities and villages. So imagine Galilee. Galilee is a pretty good size. It really looks like a huge lake when we were there. Um, but it's called the Sea of Galilee in Scripture. And there were cities and there were towns and villages around it. And Jesus went, it says, about all the cities and villages of that area. So his ministry was not just confined to one space. He went about all of it. He went throughout every city, every village. It didn't matter how remote, how large the city was, he went there. And his mission, did Jesus have a mission? Did he serve a purpose? He did serve a purpose, right? And so um, his was to fulfill the leading of the Lord. We have that one time when he was led of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. So he always, everything he did was correct. Everything he did was right. We can always look at his example. Every city he went to was because it was right to go there. Every place at the right time. He was at the right place at the right time, always. Every village he went to was because it was right to go there. He was in the right place at the right time. The Bible tells us he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Here's the question. What is it that was lost? Does anyone know what, what that is in reference to? He came to seek and to save that which was lost. What is it that was lost? Who said communion? Oh, Sister Christie said communion. That's a, that's a good one. Relationship. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really good. And so we can learn from the example of the Lord Jesus. And we can read in this passage what he did while he was in those cities, what he did while he was in those villages. What did he do while he was there? Anyone know? Look at that. It's right there. It's like right in black and white and black, black and white. Yeah. So he taught in their synagogues, um, and there's no one that could teach like him. The Bible calls Jesus the wisdom of God. He had understanding that just would blow people's minds. So if there's something you didn't understand in Scripture, imagine being taught at the feet of Jesus. Wouldn't that be awesome? So he taught in their synagogues. We need to hear some good teaching. That's right. And um, 
the definition, what it means to teach, according to Thayer's, is to impart instruction, to instill doctrine, to explain or expound a thing, to hold discourse with others in order to teach them. That's what Jesus did. He taught in their synagogues. So, does anybody here like teaching? Yeah. Has anybody... Uh, been in a scenario with a teacher maybe at school or whatever and you walked away like I have no idea what they were talking about <laughs> that was me in calculus in high school <laughs> I was afraid to ask questions because he'd say this ain't rocket science guys <laughs> so I didn't want to ask questions but uh, Jesus taught he expounded things he he imparted instruction and so um, that's what he did throughout their synagogues, these cities, these villages. And he preached the gospel of the kingdom. The, to preach is this word caruso. It means to be a herald, to officiate as a herald, to proclaim after the manner of a herald, always with a suggestion of formality, gravity, and an authority which must be listened to and obeyed. This is Jesus. He preached to publish, to proclaim openly something which has been done, used of the public proclamation of the gospel in matters pertaining to it. So um, his message was specific. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. That's what he preached. So um, what is the gospel of the kingdom? This is what he preached. Anyone know what that is? Kaylee, you know? She raised me. Yeah, so uh, the gospel of the kingdom. You know, that's specifically what he preached. And when he saw the multitudes, right? Wait, I'm getting ahead of myself, ain't I? Because there's also he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. Um, I must have uh, not put that in. I thought I, there was a part of my notes that's completely missing. Oh, man. Okay, it's completely missing. So he taught, he preached, right? And he healed every sickness and every disease among the people. Um, that word uh, healed, I actually have the definition here, to serve, to do service, to heal, cure, restore to health. So that's what he did. He taught, he preached, and he healed everywhere that he went, every place that he went to, every city, every village. And we need good teaching. We need to hear the preaching of the kingdom. Uh, but we have other needs. And Jesus healed. He restored to health. He served. He did service. He ministered among the people. And when he saw the multitudes, it goes on to say in that next verse, it seems that the things that Jesus did drew a crowd. It seems like uh, people came to hear. Maybe they came to be healed. Maybe there was something they need, needed uh, in their lives, and they heard that Jesus could do that. Jesus could take care of that. And they had heard about this teacher, this man who could teach. He wasn't like anyone else they'd ever heard about. 
The message he preached was so powerful, but he healed every sickness and every disease. You know, there are some sicknesses that they say, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. Go home, get your house in order. I remember going down to the cancer clinic, Hoxie Clinic there in Tijuana, and they said, cancer is not a sentence. It's a word. And a lot of times we think, cancer, oh, you know, that's, it's such a bad thing, you know. It's just a word. It's not a sentence. It's just one single word. That's, but he was not intimidated by any sickness. And maybe there were some people that didn't have any hope, but he healed every sickness and every disease where he went. And it goes on to say that he was moved with compassion on them. Have you ever tried to reach out to somebody and share the gospel? Anyone ever done that before? It's a little bit different when you've got compassion and love for those people, isn't it? And I think that these people can sense that he was moved with compassion for them. How many other people in the scriptures were moved with compassion? Those people walking down the road, those homeless people, the people that are in desperate need. I mean, you, you could imagine the crowds were gathering. They were following after Jesus. And he was moved with compassion on them. And it says, because they fainted and they were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And I see that all the time. I see people out there just scattered. They... They have no direction. They have no leadership. And they have no idea what they're doing is going to cause them harm. They have no idea that where they're going, it's a dead end. It's not a good thing. And is that a little bit heartbreaking? He was moved with compassion when he saw these people. This is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is our example that we're to follow after. And we are around these people, these kind of people every day. As he, Jesus went on to say, the harvest truly is plenteous. How many have found that to be true? What does it mean, the harvest is plenteous? Daniel, Daniel raised his hand. (laughs) What were you going to say? What is it? Same as her? A lot of needs. Brother McAtee, what does it mean to you? The harvest is plenteous. You go out to that tomato plant and it's got one tomato on it? A lot of people that are ripe, ready, right? A lot. How many have had that experience? You're like, man, there are so many people that are ready. How many, how many know what I'm talking about? That, that, you know, that really, over the years, I tried hard. I reached out, I taught Bible studies, I made phone calls, I had my notebook with all these names on it, and I'm like, wait, it says the harvest truly is plenteous. Where is this harvest? So, does anyone else know what I'm talking about? This seems like, he said it's the word plenteous, it means much. 
a lot, right? <laughs> and uh, Brother McAtee, you know, I seen him bringing baskets with a lot of extra, you know, vegetables because his harvest, he had a good harvest. And he was, you were sharing a lot. That to me, that's like, that seems like a plenteous harvest when you have so much, you, you, you know, you just got to give it all away. You just, get, you just keep giving it away. Plus, you don't like vegetables much, right, brother? Yeah. <laughs> so, he doesn't like vegetables a lot. <clears throat> um, so, uh, the harvest, what is the harvest that Jesus is talking about? He said it truly is plenteous. So what is the harvest that he is talking about? What do you guys think? Harvest of souls. We see there are souls everywhere. But I wonder if maybe some of the souls that I've tried to reach out to weren't part of the harvest he was talking about. What do you think? What do you think? So he said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. There are so few laborers. There is a huge harvest, but there's not enough laborers. Here's the problem. A big harvest, not enough laborers. And so... There's an old psalm that my dad used to sing that Lanny Wolf uh, used to sing years ago, but it was, uh, my house is full. You guys remember the song? But my fields are empty. Who will go and work for me today? It seems my children all want to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my fields. Do you guys remember that song? Remember my dad used to play that and sing it. Uh, no one wants to work in the field that the Lord has. So he, Jesus said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Remember Brother Eli Lopez came and he preached here a number of years ago when we were having a march during March Impact. And he preached the Lord's forgotten prayer request. And he preached on this passage and how that why is it that the Lord said that there are so few laborers, so there's, and there's this great harvest? And so what you need to do is pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into his harvest. So every time when we're walking down and we are doing our prayer walks, I don't know if you've been there, and I gather everyone at the end and I said, let's pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers into this harvest, into his harvest. And so we end every prayer walk, you know, that way. We've been doing that just about every time we do a prayer walk downtown. And so we gather together and we pray. Why would we, he ask us to pray that prayer? Why would he ask us to pray the Lord of the harvest? Isn't he the Lord of the harvest? Is he the one who needs to be convinced to send laborers into the harvest field, his harvest? What's the reason why?
Right, he's, he's ready, he's willing. He's saying there's so few laborers. So here's the deal. I got a prayer request for you. You guys start praying that, that he, the Lord of the harvest, would send laborers into his harvest. Does he want laborers in his harvest? Yeah, he wants them. Does he have to be convinced or begged to send laborers into his harvest? So when we pray that prayer, what is that doing? Yeah, it's changing something in this heart. And it makes me think of that scripture when, um, in Isaiah chapter 6, when uh, he's, it's like God is saying, who shall we send? And Isaiah's, you know, he, after he saw the Lord, he's like, here am I, send me, you know. I think of that. I think that as we begin to pray, as we begin to put something into our thoughts, into our minds to pray about something, all of a sudden we start, our heart starts changing. God, I want to be, I want to go. You know, and so that's the whole purpose. God wants us to pray the Lord of the harvest. And all of a sudden, the things that you invest in, the places where you put your money, all of a sudden you're interested in those things, right? Your heart follows its investments. And so you're, you're praying for God to send labors into his harvest. And all of a sudden, this becomes a passion. All of a sudden, this becomes important to you because you've been making this your prayer request. And so, um, whoa, I ended up in the photo section here. <laughs> My camera wanted to take a picture of something. I don't know what. So, um, this thing where it says into his harvest, his harvest may not be what we are thinking. We go to outreach. We often reach out to those who are maybe not part of his harvest. You know, someone says, go invite, you know, we ha we're having a revival. Go invite your friends. And we go invite the same two or three people we invite every single time. But do we ever take the time and say, and this is Danny Aber teaches this at, at the Apostolic Leadership Institute on evangelism. He said, the Lord started dealing with me, he said, about reaching other people's moms and dads and other people's neighbors and other people's. And the Lord said, if I work on his harvest, then someday, someday, you know, the Lord would deal, work on his. So he started, he started praying, God, lead me to souls. Lead me, because it does say that his harvest, right, it's plenteous, it's plenteous, but somehow we're maybe just not seeing it. Maybe we walk right past the person who is ready. Maybe it's that guy we wouldn't even stop to think about, or that lady in the, the gas station, or, you know, someone at the grocery store, or somebody at school, or at the, at the dojo, the karate, you know, the guy you're kicking. <laughs> you just put him down on the mat and... The, the Lord's wanting, he's ready. Maybe he's part of the Lord's harvest. His plenteous harvest, you know. So wherever it might be. Um, so I started uh, changing my prayer. Lord, would you help me to see your harvest? Would you guide me and direct me to your harvest? Because there are people I have full confidence that are ready now. And we don't always see them. And so, 
I started thinking about that CCCs, and I started thinking, okay, Lord, why don't you, Brother Readout said something to me. I shared this with a few of you already. He said something to me when I was talking to him over the phone. He said, there is not a single person that the Lord has sent me to that has backslid. They're all still living for God. Every one of them. Now that's the key that the Lord sent him to. He said, now there's a lot of people I tried to go after. I tried tried to teach Bible studies. I tried to reach, but not any of them that the Lord sent me to has walked away from God. So who are those that the Lord is maybe trying to send you to? Would the Lord put somebody in your path that is part of his harvest? And so whoever it might be, we got to be sensitive. Brother Aber tells a story that uh, you guys heard Brother Aber before. But he, he tells a story that uh, any time the Lord would mess with, or the devil, not the Lord, <laughs> the devil would mess with him, he would go through temptation. He would go through some sort of struggle or trial. He'd say, okay, Satan, all right, I know you're there. I, okay, all right. Thanks for reminding me you're there. That's five souls. You're going to mess with me? I'm messing with you. And he'd say, okay, Lord, would you direct me to the five souls? Would you lead me? And he tell at ALI in his evangelism class, he tells story after story. So uh, how many sat in his class? Yeah. So he said, one of my favorite stories he tells, he, he's got so many great ones. He was going into a grocery store, and the Lord kept directing him to this guy that was uh, putting chips on the shelf. And uh, it, on his shirt, it was Frito. He was the Frito-Lay guy. So he walked up and he said, hey, what is the best chip that you got here? And uh, he said, oh, this one right here. He goes, well, how do you know it's the best chip? He said, I, I don't know. I do chips. I'm the Frito-Lay guy. <laughs> he goes, uh, um, well... You know, after they talk for a while, he goes, I, I want to let you know, I want to invite you to the best church in town. And uh, he said, how do you know it's the best church in town? He said, I, I don't know. I'm a preacher, and I'll be preaching there tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy came to that revival service. And so sometimes, you know, the Lord might direct you, and he might guide you to the, a certain individual. You don't, even, you don't know. You might think, well, I don't really, you know, I don't really know if they'll listen. They're Muslim, you know. Not really. They got their religion, you know. Or maybe they're Mormon. They're pretty faithful to the Mormon church. And so I'm going to go to try to reach someone else. But if the Lord is directing you to that individual, um, maybe that's someone who's part of that harvest. Our own harvest might be our friends, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers. And I think that we are still to be a light to, our, to all of them. I, I think that all of them still need to see Jesus in our lives and through us. And there may come a day when they're ready. So if you look at this process, Sister Katrina, that seed that dies, and it's, pl it's planted, it dies, right? We don't know. It's not ready to be harvested at first. And we relate that to the eight steps. We, re we relate that. We, we, we may not know what God's doing in individuals' lives. 
that they might be right here at that beginning stage. They may not have even gotten to this other stage right here, and they're in the process. And they're learning more about Jesus Christ. They're seeing that through you, the life that you live. They're watching how you respond to situations. Your neighbors are watching you. Your family's watching you. Uh, your coworkers are watching you. Everyone's watching you. And we have an opportunity to show them Jesus. And we ought to do that. But maybe they're not ready right now. Don't be discouraged. Maybe we invite somebody to church. Um, we've invited a, a friend or a neighbor, and they say no. And maybe it's just not right now. But when we begin to pray and ask the Lord to send us to people that are part of his harvest. And um, that's uh, what I wanted to talk to you about, his plenteous harvest. So... Um, I've been praying this prayer, you know, off and on for, you know, a number of years now, just off and on, just God, you know, there might be some people that I would just want to reach out to all the time, and I, so maybe I'm just almost like wasting my time, but maybe there's somebody who's ready right now, who's ready today, and uh, I just want to be able to be like Jesus and be led of the Spirit wherever he might send me. You know, Jesus didn't discriminate. He went into all the towns and all the places. And sometimes we might think, nah, I don't think, I don't know, I don't think that person's going to receive it. They're, gonna, they're not going to be receptive. But um, you never know. You never know. If the Lord sends you, that I mean, might be that guy, that, that punk rocker that's got the fluorescent pink mohawk downtown, and he's got... You know, you know, so many piercings all over his face and metal and all this kind of stuff. You never know who it might be, but you follow the leading of the Lord. So my challenge to you tonight is to pray this week. And I think the Lord, I've been praying this prayer, and I wanted to see what the Lord was going to do. Um, what if... The Lord sent you people. How many people would he send you? And I, said, and I asked the Lord, I said, what is that number? Maybe we used to do five CCCs. I used to try so hard. And the thing about me is I get stuck on the phone. I can talk for a long time. My wife can say amen to that, right? My wife would say amen to that. I can get stuck talking on the phone for a long time. And I've got this list here. Um, I've got this list of uh, ministers I've been making and to, to call for this thing. And I'm going through and calling these individuals. And, you know, I get off the phone. And I've, oh, I've been on the phone for an hour. <laughs> five of these a day, that's going to be five hours. <laughs> this could take a while. So, um, so I started just asking the Lord, Lord, what, you know, would you just kind of direct my footsteps, kind of direct my steps to your harvest, to the people that you want me to call, to the individuals that you want me to reach. And sometimes they call me. And I'll go through at the end of a day and I'll say, whoa, five individuals called me. 
It used to be that I was seeking for those five. And then I'll look through five individuals call me, asking me a Bible question, asking me this, asking me that. And I'll be like, wow, Lord, you're doing it. When all this time before I was trying to do it, but now you're doing it. And so what if we had that? What if we said, Lord, your harvest is plenteous. God, I want to share this gospel. I want to share who you are. But would you send forth uh, labors into your harvest? And here am I, send me. So we're going to be doing this time um, uh, of, uh, we're really going to focus on that. We, I know we talked about fasting. So literally, I believe, Sister Cheryl put some things out there on the table, 21 days of fast, uh, Daniel fast. Um, if you could do any fasting during this time, this would be great. I would encourage you to read Isaiah chapter 58 that shows you what God's chosen fast is. And then I would also encourage you to read Matthew chapter 6, which talks about fasting as well. And so maybe, there, maybe you might feel like the Lord's dealing with you to fast a day or two or, you know, a week, whatever it is, and spend some time fasting. Fasting really, it's really for us. Sometimes uh, it, there's a list of things what God's chosen fast is supposed to, re, uh, you know, what, what it's supposed to accomplish in us in Isaiah chapter 58. And um, I have a book on it at home that I read years ago. And, um, but I like Brother Materials, Brother Materials. <laughs> I like Brother uh, Materials readout on it better. <laughs> Brother readout's material on it a little bit better. And um, so uh, on Isaiah chapter 58 and in four weeks, I think it's four weeks from tomorrow, Brother Readout will be here. So I think, you know, we can spend some time seeking the Lord. And it just, it felt very interesting to me that um, I was a little intimidated. To be honest with you, I was a little intimidated um, to start calling these ministers. Because uh, I, even though most of them I know, um, I'm not a person who does well with rejection. If somebody says no, they'll be, okay, all right, don't bother you anymore, you know. <laughs> but I just really felt the need to put these individuals on the list and to make the phone calls and invite them. There might be just a, just a handful that come, you know, and, and, but I do feel that I need to personally invite these individuals. So we've got... 40 days starting tonight. This ends the Sunday before Thanksgiving, which is our last service with Brother Readout. So, you know, we should be spending some time in prayer. We should be time in spending some time in seeking the Lord. Um, there might be some people that the Lord leads you to, or they, the Lord, leads them to you. And that's what I've been finding is that a lot of times the Lord has been leading people to me and I've been able to work with them and talk with them and even though maybe some of them aren't coming to church just yet I just feel like that the Lord is working in their lives the Lord is dealing with them and um, some of them uh, are just you know I got a couple random phone calls yesterday I thought it I didn't know who it was so I answered I don't normally do that and I was like oh no <laughs> I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't even know these people. 
and they're wanting me to help with their wedding, with their wedding. And I was like, oh, man. I was like, oh. I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you want me to do here? I'm just like a little bit, <laughs> I'm just, uh, it's, it's a little bit overwhelming. But ask the Lord to send people to you. Ask the Lord to guide your steps. And um, so anyways, that's the message today. Perfect timing. Anybody have any questions? I think we read through all the verses. Jesus went about all the cities. Did we go through all of them? Verse 36. I was going to go through four verses. I think we went through all four. 35, 36. 36. Do you have it there, brother? But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Verse 38, Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. So that's the passage today. I wanted to take a little bit more time to go through Isaiah 58, but we don't have the time. So it's a possibility that we might be able to go through that uh, next week. But I wasn't sure if we would have the time just kind of racing through these. And there's a lot more that could be said on just on these four verses. But I just felt like I um, wanted to encourage you guys during this time. We need to show people who Jesus is. Jesus is the answer for the world today. He really is. So, amen. All right. Brother Sharon, would you pray in closing? Amen. You guys are dismissed in Jesus' name.